by the makers of Oval Tea. Now, if you're working harder than usual these days, as we all are, spending longer hours at different tasks because of the war, you'll feel better if you do these two things. First, be sure you're getting all the vitamins and minerals you need every day. Second, be sure you're getting plenty of the basic food substances. For example, plenty of bodybuilding protein for vigor and endurance, and plenty of high-energy foods for freshness and pep. Now, the simplest way to get all these necessary food elements, all your extra vitamins and minerals, and other important food substances is the Ovaltine way. For Ovaltine is one of the world's richest food sources of vitamins and minerals. And it also supplies protein and high-energy food. So, if you drink two glasses of Ovaltine daily and eat just three average good meals, including citrus fruit, here's what you get. First, you have all the extra vitamins and minerals you need. Not just three or four or five of them, but all the vitamins and minerals any normal person needs. And second, you have all the other food substances you must have for vigorous health. Complete proteins to build strength and stamina. High-energy food for new vigor and vitality. So why not depend on the Ovaltine way to get all the extra food elements you need to be at your best? All the extra vitamins and minerals and all the other necessary food substances for vigorous health. Just follow this simple rule. Drink Ovaltine night and morning, eat three average good meals, and see if you don't feel far fresher, far more vital and alive in spite of your extra wartime duties. And now, on with the chapter, East of Formosa, with Captain Midnight and the Secret Squadron. The Secret Squadron agents and their companion, Lieutenant Mark Cross of the Air Corps, are enjoying a well-earned rest at an advanced American air base in the South Pacific. Major Barry Steele, powerful undercover official, has gone over preliminary plans for Captain Midnight's desperate venture into the very shadow of the Jap mainland to establish a base from which Japanese industries can be bombed. Our present scene opens in the morning several days later. The sun is shining brightly on this New Guinea flying field, and in front of a huge hangar, Chuck and Joyce are watching a formation of P-38s getting ready for a takeoff. Listen as Chuck asks... Well, how does it feel to get out of that wheelchair? Oh, it's swell, Chuck. And the best part of it is I can't even tell my ankle was ever sprained. Believe me, these doctors certainly know their business. They can fix you up no matter what's wrong with you. Well, there go the lightnings. They're taking off in formation. Boy, oh boy, there's a sight for you. I'd give anything in the world to be a fighter pilot. Yeah, but you were thrilled to death about going out as a member of a bombing crew. Sure, who wouldn't be? I wouldn't mind being a pilot of a liberator or a fortress. But I'd a whole lot better fly a fighter. Yeah, I guess you're right, Chuck. When you're flying a fighter, everything's up to you. Yeah, that's what I like about it. And you can do so much more with a fighter than you can with a bomber. One little touch on the stick and you jump a thousand feet. Well, look, here comes one of the pilots. He's a captain. Well, it's Captain Sims. Yeah, it sure is. I thought maybe that was his squadron that just took off. Well, good morning, you two. Good morning, Captain Hi, Sims. Hi, Captain Sims. I see you're getting about under your own power, Miss Joyce. Yes, sir, I am. And I hope I never have to use a wheelchair again. I thought that might have been your squadron taking off, sir. No, my crowd gets a rest until this afternoon. That is, unless an emergency comes up. We were on dawn patrol. I guess I was asleep then. <laughs> well, I don't blame you. You'll need to store up all the rest you can. I have an idea you'll be taking off yourself before long. Well, you must know more about it than we do. Captain Midnight hasn't said a word. No, he hasn't said a word to me either. But I'm just going by the signs. 
That new plane has been here a couple of days, and your chief mechanic, Mud, has been working on it night and day. Say, we haven't seen the plane yet this morning. It's in back of the hangar. What do you say we take a look, sir? Gee, I'd like to. I'll come along, too, if you don't mind. Oh, I'd like to have you. You know, I don't care much about flying big planes like that. Personally, I'll take a fighter. Yeah, that's what Chuck likes. He wants to be a P-38 pilot, just like you. <laughs> so you do, eh, Ramsey? Yeah, I'll say. <laughs> Give me a fighter any time. It's... I guess it's in my blood. Yes, I guess that's the way it is. When you're going through training, you begin to get an idea one way or another. You either like bombers or you like fighters. Ever since I was a kid, I wanted to fly a fighter. Well, here's the plane. Oh, I guess Icky isn't here. Well, there's someone in the cockpit. It's Icky. Come on, let's see what he's doing. We might as well go into the cabin and up to the cockpit. There's a lot of talk going on around the field about this plane. But why, Captain Sims? It's got a lot of new secret gadgets. Stuff that a lot of us don't know about. I know we're going to have some new instruments. Captain Midnight's told us that much, but we don't know what they are. Well, there's Icky, kneeling on the cockpit floor. Come on, let's all squeeze in and see what he's doing. Huh? Well, let's go. What in the world is Icky working on? I never saw anything like that before in my life. With a large screen with a frame around it. Now, what do you suppose it's used for? You sure got me. Hey, watch this. I'll get a rise out, Icky. Hey, what's going on here? What? Hey! <laughs> Jump and Jupiter, you might as well kill him. <laughs> <I'm curious>, <laughs> what in the world are you doing, Icky? Well, now, ain't that a fine thing to ask me? Here I am installing a new secret invention on this plane. Something the Japs would give a billion bucks to know about. Well, what's it for, Icky? That is a military secret. Well, I can see we aren't going to get very far. Well, Captain Sims, as long as you're here and can probably vouch for these two civilians, I might be persuaded to give out with a little information. Okay, then. Tell us what it's used for, Icky. I've never seen anything like it in the cockpit of a plane before. Well, I tell you, Joyce, this instrument is like a certain kind of stew my mama used to make. She called it slum gullion, <laughs> and it had about everything in it. Well, now, this is a mixture of radio, television, and a few other things. It's the latest example of the inventive <laughs> genius of I.M. Mud. <laughs> well, you still haven't told us what it's for, though. Chuck, this can be used for so many things, it'll knock you for a loop. Now, let's suppose we were flying over Jap territory. And we was pretty sure there were Jap planes in the air, and we didn't want them to see us. Yeah, there'd be no kidding about that. You sure wouldn't want them to see you. If they wasn't too far away, say, not, not more than 150 miles, you could tell where they were by this instrument. Why, George, what do you know about that? Gee, oh, that's wonderful. You're not kidding, are you? Of course I'm not kidding. This thing you're looking at is a luminous screen. When you turn on the switch, if there's anything in the quadrant ahead of you, like a steamer or a plane, it'll show on the screen. But what will it look like? It'll be a small point of light, Captain. And if you kept headed on the same course in this object, well, let's say it's a plane, is flying at right angles to you, the light will move across the screen in the direction the plane's going. See? Gosh, Yuki, that's... That's absolutely wonderful. So you can see that by changing your own course until the object's in the middle of the screen, you can tell what direction it is from. Sure, that'd be simple. You could tell that then by the compass. Just so then it'd be simple to keep out of the way. And on the job we gotta do, that's gonna be mighty important. Oh, but heck, I haven't even started to tell you about it. You can do plenty more things with this gadget. Oh, I can see one thing. You people are gonna have all the possible protection anyone could imagine. I... I'd give anything to be able to go along with you. And a little while ago, Chuck would have given anything to be in your place. Yeah. Well, now, I'm telling you one thing. I wouldn't miss this flight for anything in the world. We'll have stuff on board this plane nobody ever heard of before. Yeah, but you know how it is, Icky. Something can go wrong. And if these new secret inventions fell into the Japs' hands, boy, it'd be pretty terrible. Yeah, Joyce. And that's all been prepared for. You see that gadget close to the screen? Yeah, yeah, Icky, I see it. Uh -huh. Well, now, that's connected to a switch. 
It's really a time mechanism. Now, if we had to bail out of this plane, tap midnight and turn that switch, and after we were all out, this screen would be blown into a thousand pieces. The same thing goes for a lot of other stuff on board. <laughs> we ain't taking no chance on the Japs getting a hold of this stuff. Well, I gotta get to work. Captain Midnight told me this morning not to lose any time getting these gadgets installed. We're liable to take off any time. And at the same moment, Captain Midnight and Major Steele are sitting in the operations office talking together in low tones. Major Steele has passed a small slip of paper to Captain Midnight, and the secret squadron commander is studying it intently. Listen. I... I just can't understand it, Major. Where can these tankers have disappeared? Well, I don't know, Captain Midnight. But this all ties in with the information given to us by Major Collins in Calcutta. Uh, from that, I gathered that a pack of enemy submarines was operating in the Indian Ocean. Yeah, that's right. Well, if Major Collins finds out any more, I'd like to know it at once. Uh, yes, Captain Midnight. Oh, uh, that brings me to another subject. Now, you won't be able to send radio messages after you've left this base. Uh, but that doesn't mean we can't communicate with you. I see. The field communication officer has been given the secret squadron code. And any information which is vital will be transmitted to you without delay. Any such messages will be broadcast every six hours at 12 and 6 o'clock. Very good, sir. Uh, now then, when do you think you had better take off? Lieutenant Cross and I have it figured out. We're going to take off tonight, and we should arrive in the vicinity of the island at daybreak. Eh, very good. We'll hold a final meeting in the cabin of the plane just before you leave. Yes, it's time for us to go on board now. Here comes Major Steele. Yeah? I guess we'd better be saying goodbye, Captain Sims. Well, we'll be sorry to see you people leave. But maybe you'll be coming back this way again. The whole field feels as if you belonged here. You can't see them on account of darkness, but everyone at this coast is here to see you take off. We know you're going on a terribly important mission, and we wish you the best of luck and happy landing. The same to you, Captain Sims. Thank you, sir. Come on, Chuck. We'd better get on board. Major Steele's going into the cabin now with Captain Midnight, and Icky and Lieutenant Cross are already inside. Okay. So long, Captain Sims. Goodbye. Bye, All sir. All right, Chuck. Joyce, step inside and close the door. Okay, yes, sir. Captain Midnight. All right. Now that we're all together, Major Steele has a few words for us. Then we'll be on our way. Major? You all realize how vitally important this mission is. After you leave this base, you must not send messages to any Allied post by radio. You will, however, receive messages at certain understood times. Captain Midnight expects to arrive in the vicinity of the island toward which you are headed about daybreak. There most certainly will be Jap planes and Jap warships in that region. And at daybreak, at a certain location which has been agreed upon, you will meet an American submarine and take on fresh supplies of fuel. If you miss that one, you're to meet another one later at a different location. But since you have extra fuel tanks, your fuel will last you for a 24-hour period. You mean we'll be able to stay in the air 24 hours? Yes, but only at a cruising speed. Uh, now then, Captain Benet, by any chance your rendezvous with the submarine should fail, you have your instructions. Yes, sir. I'm to fly to the base agreed upon in south-central China. Now, correct. Then you will refuel there and return again to the vicinity of the island. You have the schedule of the contact points with our submarines? Yes, sir. Well, I believe that's all. Needless to say, there will be many of us waiting anxiously to hear what the outcome of your undertaking is. The best of luck and happy landing. Happy landing, sir. Happy landing, sir. All right, Lieutenant Cross, we're all set. They're giving us the all-clear signal. We're up. And so into the star-studded sky over the South Pacific... Captain Midnight and his hearty band head for the danger-packed waters near Formosa. 
What will happen to them on this most vital of all missions? Will they find the island which Lieutenant Cross discovered almost two years before? Don't miss the excitement as we continue this chapter, East of Formosa. I'm sure you know why paper, paper of all kinds, is so important in this war. You know that airplanes, bombs, guns are partly made of, or used, paper. You know that bomb bands, bomb pins, parachute flares, shell cases, airplane wingtips are made of paper. So you'll understand why the government of the United States, your government, is asking you to save paper every day. Now, the government asks you to save paper in two ways. First, don't waste any paper. Use only what you really need, and then keep it to use again wherever you can. Wrapping paper, for example, can be used over and over. If you're careful, it can be used again and again. And above all, your government is asking you to collect waste paper to make the bombs and shells we need for the big attack. Bombs for Berlin and Tokyo. Shells to sink the Jap ships and blow up their bases. Our Army and Navy need all the waste paper they can get for the big battles ahead. So no matter how much waste paper you've collected before, start tonight to collect more. Newspapers, magazines, cardboard boxes, letters, envelopes, wrapping paper. Every scrap helps. Clean out every piece in your house. Get more from your neighbors. Take it to your school, your church, your scout troop. Wherever paper is collected in your community or sell it to your junk dealer. Remember, your government is counting on you to help with the paper we need to win this war. Tune in tomorrow, same time, same station, to Captain Midnight. Until tomorrow then, goodbye and happy landing! This program came to you from Chicago. This is the Blue Network.